Hello and welcome to It Came From The Page, a brand new podcast all about various horror adaptations of literary works. And I'm joined with Jason. Hello, Jason. Hello, hello, hello. Glad to be here to talk about some uh, spooky literary characters, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And also Kelly. Hello, Kelly. <laughs> hi, hi. I'm happy to be here also. Uh, you know, love the old monster movies and want to learn some more about some of the ones I missed. Yeah, no, of course. So what's what's interesting is a bit of introduction for what this podcast is kind of be about. It's basically, it started out as just going to be like a Dracula and a Frankenstein podcast. But then I decided to be like, well, I also want to talk about the Invisible Man. And, well, I also want to talk about this. Uh, and I just kept expanding and expanding. So I wanted to give a, as wide of a ray as possible. Uh, and basically, this covers any type of media that has been adapted from a literature to a movie at least twice. Um, maybe we can kind of switch that around later on if we really get bored of just doing the, the ones that are... And just do one-offs, but I think that to explore various adaptations, and that means also exploring the actual works themselves, right? So, like, actually maybe reading a few books every once in a while and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And and my idea was kind of to every every episode would actually be a pair. So you know, think if we're if we're going to cover you know Dracula and Frankenstein, the original films and the original novels, like as a pair, and just kind of. Uh, partner things up because weirdly enough like there are a number of things from from both uh both of those particular franchises that really uh measure up really well surprisingly and there are some where it's like there was no way that they could have known that this would be such a great pairing so i just think that stuff is is, is fun um but before we get to that I just kind of want to get a get an idea of where everyone's background is as far as like this idea goes. Um, Kelly, like, what what are your what's what's your background on Dracula, Frankenstein, and all that <laughs> spooky nonsense? So I feel like I know the um, the mainline sort of the, the main films and not all the sequels. And um, but I'm I've been trying to correct that a little bit as I go. And uh, like hammer horror was a blind spot for me uh for a long long time and i've been trying to uh correct that um but no i so you know i love the old universal monster movies but i but i also have a soft spot for some of the the recent takes on the uh universal monsters like for example the new invisible man or heck the 90s mummy is fun <laughs> you know yeah no of course of course uh jason you're old. You're you're like uh, you're like uh, as old as Dracula, right? Yeah. Like this is yeah. The mummy, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know? The mummy. Uh, what, I, what's your history like? Uh, you know, being mm. there when it was all uh, going down. It was interesting, you know. Um, <laughs> I you know being staked almost three times in my life, um, but you know, I um, for me like horror. Um, uh, similar to Kelly, like, I really sort of feel like, and I've seen the Universal films, I've seen a lot of the Hammer films, but I've never 
really seen them. Like, I've sort of, like, given them a once-over, mostly when I was, like, younger and was like, oh, horror's my thing. I'm a... I'm a spooky preteen, you know. I'm gonna watch some horror films that are from like the 50s, you know, in the in, in earlier. Um, but haven't really revisited them, so I sort of see these films as a blind spot for me as well. So I'm really excited to kind of get back into them, and in a you know more through more mature eyes, you know, relatively more mature eyes, um, you know, experience them again. So that's how sort of where I am with this. Um, the, I'm very familiar with Dracula, especially. I've read that book a few times. Um, and Frankenstein a couple times, but it's been a long time, you know? I'd love to get back mm -hmm. into the literature aspect of it as well, you know? It, especially, like, I know there's comic adaptations that I'd love to get into. I'd love to talk about the life of Mary Shelley, right? Um, oh, yeah, Maybe even yeah. Bram Stoker, you know? I think that would be really fucking rad, you know? Yeah, no, of course. And, and you know, that's one of the fun things about this is uh, unlike so I, I do another podcast, Triassic Park, which is mainly research based and like reading all these books and then kind of presenting you the research after the fact. Whereas for this podcast, I think one of the things that is going to be fun is that everything is on the table. So normally things yeah. that I would research. So like if I saw like a fun if we saw a fun documentary on like you know, uh, the search for Dracula, which is like a documentary. And there's like three of them were made. And it's like, instead of watching that and then retailing the information to you, we might just actually just talk about that documentary kind of thing. Mm. And I think that, I think that was kind of fun rather than, you know, trying to be like super research heavy is to actually go in and just talk about these things that would normally be summed up just for research. Right. So talking about the life of Mary Shelley and stuff like that. So one of the other fun things. I can't wait um, for a 12-piece uh, series on the Groovy Ghoulies. Yeah. <laughs> we'll never talk about the Groovy Ghoulies. Fuck. <laughs> uh, Kelly, if you don't know, the Groovy, groovy Ghoulies is the worst An thing. An abomination, yes. It's uh, abomination. Well, now I'm curious. Oh, don't worry. We'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you deserve a better than that. <laughs> I mean, everyone does it better than that. Um, but but to, to start off, for the first episode, I thought it would be a really fun idea to do a series of top threes of various topics that will kind of come across as we are exploring these, these works of adaptations and literature. Um, and I thought it would be kind of a fun idea to just kind of see where we all are at the start of this. And I think this might be a fun thing to maybe like in maybe a year or maybe two years after we've done this podcast for a while, if it goes that long and the world doesn't get destroyed by a meteorite or something, um, then to kind of revisit it and see if things change. And, you know, I thought that would be like a fun idea. And I think top three is better than doing, you know, top ten because we would be here for yeah. ages and then try to come up with like, what's your tenth favorite vampire hunter? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think my grandpa lost it once, and he tried to kill a vampire. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you know. Um, so basically, how this will work: we will be going three. We'll all go through our threes. We'll all go through our twos. We'll all go through our ones. And if anyone has any overlap. Just say, oh, it's higher, or oh, hey, that's the exact same spot as it was on my list, and then just kind of like talk over it and have a discussion. Does that does that make sense for everyone? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Uh, well, uh, Jason, you're the one who's starting this off um, because yeah. we're going into our first top three, which is the top three vampire hunters. 
I really love this topic. Um, number three for me, I think, is like a no-brainer. It's um, Sir Anthony Hopkins as Van Helsink and Bram Stoker's. I have right. that just a little bit higher. Great okay. choice. Yeah. Great choice. I mean, yeah, I think I don't actually adore that movie. Um, I think there's parts of it that I think are brilliant, mm -hmm. but he is phenomenal in it. I would say he he's is. better he's than great. Gary Oldman is as Dracula. Yeah, I, I love him in that. Yeah, I have well, that as my number two, but yeah, so yeah. Yeah, no, I uh, I like this performance a lot, actually. I like it. It's very, I watched it recently, and it's a lot more like zany than I originally thought. Like, cause it it's is. A, yeah. It, it balances uh, being very like serious. I am here to tell you about the vampire. <laughs> yes, and then and then it like zooms into a, she's now a Satan's bride, and he's just like humping his leg. And it's like, <laughs> so good. It's so good. I love it. I love it. I, I honestly, I honestly love this film, and I think it's going to come up a lot in a lot of my top threes. Um, yeah, it, I I fully recognize that it's got a lot of problems, but um, no, it's it's fun and it it. Looks looks great and it sometimes it takes itself very seriously and other times it doesn't and i love that kind of mess of a movie mm -hmm. yeah no for sure it for is a sure. beautiful looking movie it, it is. is gorgeous so pretty so pretty <laughs> kelly what is your number three okay so i i i felt a little bit iffy about this because i'm not sure that this counts as literary but there's a literary character dracula shows up in the series so fuck it sarah michelle geller buffy the vampire slayer you know it kind of feels like it needs to be mentioned among the vampire hunter performances i mean fuck joss whedon but you know uh i've otherwise. never actually never seen that show I, it's good it's fine it's mm. <laughs> you know it's fun. It is fun. Uh, Jason, yeah. you're lying. On the last podcast we did, we definitely covered it. Oh, an episode. Oh, well, I've seen one episode. Forced <laughs> to see one episode. Yes. yes you have true. seen one episode. Yes, I'm sorry. Um, you're right. You're correct. Sarah Michelle Geller is is great. I've I've only literally seen probably maybe five or six episodes in mm. total, and always Sarah Michelle Geller is killing it. Like, yeah. and like. I would. I've seen like a few episodes from season two, and then I've seen some from like the last season, and she's still like giving it her all, which is like really impressive. Yeah, I mean the show has its ups and downs, and there's plenty of stuff I don't like about the show as a whole. But I just sort of feel like you know, Vampire Hunters. It's kind of. I would be remiss if I didn't uh, put her on the list. Yeah, no, that uh, that makes perfect sense. Uh, now we're gone to my number three. <laughs> my number three is Billy the Kid, um, because <laughs> in the movie Billy the Kid meets Dracula, there's like the absolute greatest Dracula kill of all time. <laughs> so, oh god! So you know, you got you got your Dracula. He's he's like he's he's roaming about the the west right and he's just you know causing so much trouble he's just a little scamp and you know w what's billy the kid gonna do right billy the kid he's he's a, he's an old school gunfighter right what is he gonna do to to fight this dracula uh dracula played by john carradine by the way very old uh mm. but he's got his top hat again so hey you know whatevs so you know he he's billy the kid he runs in he's gonna save the girl and Dracula's there, and he's like, oh, Dracula, I'll get you. And then he unloads his entire clip onto Dracula. But nothing happens, because Dracula is immune to bullets. <laughs> What's an American to do? Um, <laughs> Billy the Kid. True, true. If yeah. we can't yeah. shoot yeah. it, what That's are true. we going to do? 
about it. Reaches his hand back and just whips the gun at his head. And it just just smacks John Carradine in the face. He falls over and then the kid just takes him. He just whips his revolver at him. It just nails him in the face. So this podcast has just become Andrew um, minute by minute reciting what happened in this film. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Not what you expected to get out of this podcast, but that's what it is now. Look, look, it's the greatest moment of uh, film history, and uh, we have to respect it. So Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, I, I'm sorry, Jason. I should have asked. It's probably your number one, right? Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> No, no, no. Actually, um, I may get my hands slapped on this. I'll be interested because I really did not stick with. Uh, I just went with my favorite Vampire Hunter performances. So maybe I'm gonna get uh, my hands slapped for not sticking with the Dracul. You know. Okay. What's your What is your number two? My number two is one of my favorite performances in any horror film of all time. It's um, Roddy McDowell's 1985 performance of um, you know, Peter Vincent in Fright Night. Yep. Nope. That's on mine. Um, okay. I, 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 sorry, Kelly. I should have explained that I would just go on Vampire Hunters in general. Okay. Uh, okay. I could. Yeah. So if you, if you had a last minute replacement, you could it's always fine. you could cool. always throw that in. I just think um, this is such a brilliant comedic performance, um, and a like turn on the, the Vampire Hunter that just, I mean, Fright Night is an incredible piece of '80s horror in my in comedy horror. Um, and Roddy McDowell's killing it in this movie, in my opinion. Oh yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent. I uh, I love this movie. Uh, one of my one Me of my too. favorite movies of all time. And you know what? Um, when they go through Roddy McDowell's house, he has a lot of Dracula merchandise that has the word Dracula <laughs> on it. So we'll cover it for this podcast. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jason's like, all right, we're, we're right I mean, back I... into Triassic Park where Andrew will do whatever <laughs> weird ideas to cover something. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, and then, Kelly, you said your number two, which was, oh, the yes. horror of the evil one. Uh, whatever's yeah. going on. Yeah, have guns, yeah. Um, my my uh, least bonkers choice uh, is actually Laurence Olivier in the 1979 Dracula. Um, yeah. Because he's like so, so good in it. And they, they make the, they actually make him, um, you know, much more personal. Like he has a much more personal attachment do, to this. Yeah, yeah because uh, Lucy is actually his, his daughter in, in this version. Oh no no no! Sorry, it's not Lucy. It's Mina. Mina yeah. is his yeah. daughter, um, and they make it a lot more personal, and I I love that. So I think that was really cool. So um, yeah, yeah I, I caught, Olivia just gives a good performance. I caught that film for the first time um, in the last months, and I really liked that movie. And he was yeah, it's really it's like a really unique movie. Like it it's uh, it's very uh, colorful. Uh, which I was not expecting. Like I was, Mm-mm. I was really blown away by how uh, both cinematic, but like also like colorful it is, which I was not expecting from a 1979 film. So, uh, Kelly. Oh, that's the one is... with Frank. I'm sorry, that's the one with Frank Langella's. Yes, yes, right. yes, okay. yes, yes. Uh, the sexy, sexy. Uh, I've actually Frank never Langella. seen that film, so I would love to. Oh well, there you go. Uh, sorry, I meant Jason. Jason, what is <laughs> your 
number one. All right, so my number one, um, I'm I'm not going to guarantee, but um, this is really kind of off the rails because definitely not Dracula, but it's Lincoln Maisel as Cuda in George Romero's 1978 film Martin. Oh, oh, oh! I don't know if you guys have ever seen Martin. Um, It's it's great. I love it. Oh, it's it's a fantastic film. Um, It's very raw, right? Because it's early Romero. Um, But Kuda plays um, a vampire hunter. Martin's sort of a guy who's already a serial killer. Like Mm -hmm. he's um, uses um, he he uses hypodermic needles and like injects into women and knocks them out. But he and he thinks he's like eighty five years old. Um, he's really played by like a 20 year old guy, um, but he doesn't believe that he's a vampire and Kuda really through his religious convictions convinces him he's a vampire. So it's sort of like he creates this environment um, it, it, and it leaves it up in the air as whether this there's some mental illness or it's really a vampire. Right. So mm-hmm. he's really to blame for making um, a serial killer believe he's a vampire, which is an interesting twist on. I guess the vampire hunter, which is why I chose it in a great film. Yeah, no, that's uh, yeah, yeah, that's actually really, really go- cool. Um, it, it's uh, one of Ramiro's most underrated and underseen, and it's a really one that I think more people should check out. It's great. It's on YouTube. You can watch okay. it. <laughs> You can also but buy it, but buy it, but buy it. But you know, like, hey, listen, hey, listen, there's different barriers, you know what I mean? Like, definitely when you have the means, buy it, but you know, watch the film and you'll, you'll buy yeah. it, I think. No, 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 I, yes, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's that's definitely fair. It's uh, it's it's very underseen because, like, again, Romero is kind of like only known in in modern circles for his like zombie stuff, and he's so much more than that. Uh, and I think that's one of the his 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 great uh, performances and works that kind of showcase that ex- yeah. exactly. Kelly, Kelly, what is your a number one? All right, so um, this one kind of goes because it was uh, sort of my introduction to the idea of vampires uh, and kind of more, uh, I guess, R-rated sort of vampires beyond like the the classic stuff. I really love. Um, the Wesley Snipes Blade character, and I think that it's uh, the first film, the second film are are good uh, horror action films. Uh, the third film where he actually fights Dracula, okay, we, we're not going to talk about that. But the <laughs> other ones are good. Yeah, yeah. And and you know what? Like uh, it, it, they, uh, you know, Blade is a character that actually has is his origins in in Dracula because he showed up first in the Marvel comic, The Tomb of Dracula. Mm-hmm. Looking a looking a lot different, uh, you know. Original, he it, it, it was in the seventies, and they were like really trying to do like you know he's he's in a oh, green, that's right. yeah. he's in like a green trench coat, like it's mm-hmm. he's he's got these really weird uh, yellow sunglasses. Anyways, uh, not nowhere near as cool <laughs> as Wesley Snipes is. I get it. Yeah, that's a great movie. Like those first two movies, especially, are really great. I yeah. he was on my list originally, um, and you know, got bumped. But yeah. he was really close to making it. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because like you know, Blade is really what started the comic book boom for Marvel, right? Like that Pretty was much, really you know, it 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 predates like a lot of those other things, and it's kind of oft forgotten when it shouldn't be yeah it might be one of the first um you know because a lot long time people thought people couldn't make comic book films right obviously Mm -hmm. how wrong they are today Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um but that may be the one of the first um early examples of 
a really popular comic book film, right? Well, yeah, because and, and it was kind of detached from being a comic book, right? Because, sure. you know, ba- Batman, it was so funny because when Batman hit it big in 89, they didn't make comic book movies. They made like film noir, weird pulp hero stuff. Yeah. So it's like it's really it was really Blade that really, really got it started. Um, and, you know, one of the, the best cameos on what we do in the shadows. Uh, when Wesley I loved that. That was so great. <laughs> He's like on Skype. He's like super delayed. He's so confused and angry. It's a, it's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, so, so wonderful. So wonderful. And uh, my number one was uh, Peter Vincent. So we already talked about it. So, you know, oh. always, always loving it. Now we go on to Dracul. We are talking about Dracul. What? <laughs> And uh, <laughs> and uh, all of our listeners will quickly stop listening <laughs> if they learn how many bad Dracula impersonations <laughs> I am off to do. Ah, uh, but you know, you got you got to do it. You got to do it. Um, just like Jason has to give us his top three, his third Dracula performance guy. Yeah, Wayne. my my number three. Um is uh, William Marshall in the 1972 film Blackula. Hey, that's oh. my number two. That's my number two. I, I I wasn't sure if that would that would get on. It was, it's kind of... Such a good it, movie. Yeah, well, it's like a legit good movie. Like, I mean, I, I, when I, I bought this on Blu-ray ages ago, um, and I, I'll be honest, like, I, I, I was expecting something, like, cheesy and, like, kind of, like, fun and silly, and... You know, you watch that movie and like William Marshall gives a great performance in it. Yeah, he's incredible in that movie. I would I would argue he's one of the best Draculas of all time. Yeah, you know, obviously I put him on my list, but like, <laughs> I mean, I, I think he's underappreciated as you know, um, for a variety of reasons. But you know, considering it's called Blackula, I don't think it really gets the. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. You know, um, but it's it's phenomenal. I love that film. Yeah, and like um, again, what what you don't realize is that a lot of those black exploitation movies have like some of the best black actors of the seventies in them, mm-hmm. but these were the kind of film roles they were getting. Um, you know, like uh, you know, Thalmus Rasulallah, which is one of the leads in Blackula, was an extremely accomplished stage actor. So was William Marshall, and like these guys were amazing actors. And th- this is this is the kind of work they were getting at the time, um, and you know it's uh, it, it it does show because they really do kind of go all in on you know on a movie that would be so easy to not go in on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it's uh, it's impressive. So yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, William Marshall is, is great in Blackula. Kelly, what is your <laughs> number three? All right, so. I mentioned how I'd seen this recently, and so maybe it's some of that sort of the glow of, oh, I found an old movie that I like a lot, but the Frank Langella um, Dracula is my number three. Um, I just, I was really taken with this film, and I, I, I thought his performance as sec- uh, sexy, poofy hair Dracula was cool. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, uh, it, he's you know, it's, it's there's also kind of a, a loneliness to his character that I, that I like um, as compared to um, other kind of Draculas that seem to always be sort of um, hunting or something. Yeah, no, of course, of course. That, 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 that is really a, a good, good turn of phrase. He's also like a very physical Dracula. Like mm. uh, he, 
he straight up like impales yeah. <laughs> Loris Olivier in that film, and I'm always surprised when you know that they, they bring out the com- impalements by by mm-hmm. Dracula. He's he's a meanie. He's <laughs> a meanie. Speaking of somebody who's not a meanie, my number three is Zoltan, the <laughs> Hound of Dracula. <laughs> okay. This Does he is, just play the the Hound of Dracula? Yeah, he's the Hound. Does he of play Dracula. a dog? He's a dog. <laughs> it's called Dracula's dog. Well, um, come on. It's a dog. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a dog. So basically this dog, um, it got kind of adopted into the Dracula family after it kind of, uh, you know, Dracula was trying to eat a lady. And then this <laughs> dog was like, hey, 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 leave that lady alone. Leave that lady alone. And then Dracula was like, oh, this, this dog is yucking my yum. So he went and he bit the dog and then turned the dog into... Uh, a vampire, um, and then the mm. dog got staked like everyone else in the family. Um, and when somebody finds, I think it's like the German Gestapo find <laughs> find, the, find the Dracula tomb, they for some reason remove the stake from the dog, and the dog wakes up and just fucks up shit. And uh, <laughs> he 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 he, he uh, you know he he finds his way into I believe it's L.A. or San Francisco to hunt down Dracula's descendant because he's really mad that Dracula turned him into a dog. So, mm-hmm. This he bites sounds a lot incredible. Of, I, I kind of need to see this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he bites a lot of it. other dogs, too. So he just got... He, like, has a horde of Dracula dogs. So, yeah. <laughs> this movie look, sounds fantastic. Is this, like, hard R film? Or is this, like... For kids, like what? <laughs> no, it's a, no, it's a hard R movie. Like it's definitely an R-rated movie. Okay. Um, and uh, look, I'll fully. Did Don Bluth I... direct this? <laughs> Don Bluth, is the Hound of Dracula. This dog ain't going to heaven. God, be honest, I'd watch the shit out of that movie. I would too. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, Zoltan, Hound of Dracula classic uh that's my number three uh okay so kelly what is your a number two my number two is uh bella lugosi um the original dracula as far as i'm concerned i guess i'm wrong about that but either way um (laughs) the uh yeah you know the the classic performance um uh the oft imitated performance and eventually boring performance but at the start it was it was something and i and i and i really uh enjoy that original film yeah no for sure i think like um he really got typecast unfortunately mm-hmm. um and and i think what we will definitely cover the non dracula bell lugosi draculas when like belly lugosi is clearly playing dracula but he's actually just a different vampire and mm-hmm. you're like it's still they're still kind of like playing off of that um, and yeah, I mean it's Bella Lugosi, right? Like he's like the classic, and I uh, I uh, really love Bella Lugosi, and I really uh, love him as Dracula. Jason, what is your a number two? Well, mine I guess technically isn't Dracula, but like neither is Zoltan. That's um, true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with Max Shrek's 1922 performance in Nosferatu. Yeah. Um, I think that movie is in- incredible, you know, um, and his presence on screen is just alarming. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. not just the makeup, it's the way he carries himself. And I think it's just a, um, you know, it, it, it's a notable performance. So 
You know, it's sort of what I think of when I think of the scariest vampire Dracula performances. Um, it's right there. So, yeah, I was. Uh, he almost made it onto my list, and so did um, Willem Dafoe playing Max Shrek oh, <laughs> from uh, Shadow yeah. Vampire. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's just a, such a creepy performance, and the way that they work with the black and white photography, it's it's beautiful. Yep, agreed. And uh, that was your number two. That was my number two. Yes. Okay, I got. I went out of order there, didn't it's I? Okay. I'm a bad person. Uh, it's fine um, because my number two was Dracula, and we already already nice. discussed Dracula. Nice. Um, Jason, what is your number one? I'm yeah, I mean, this is order. so. Yeah, I mean, this is sort of a boring choice, but um, I love this performance. This and my Frankenstein choice is pretty boring. Gonna spoiler alert, but um, Christopher Lee's performance, House of Dracula, 1958. Um, I just House think it's, of Dracula. Mm-hmm. Here we go. I, Yep. No, you mean horror of Dracula. Horror of Dracula. I'm sorry, I said house. house. Of uh, horror of Dracula. Excuse oh my me. God. Get uh, off it. You're canceled. <laughs> canceled. Um, <laughs> you canceled this man. The fact you was in House of Dracula, <laughs> and that is how he got canceled. <laughs> it's um, justified. Um, no, I, I mean I think it's just you know, I, I, like I said, I think it's sort of a boring choice, but I think it's um, you know, it's a great performance of Dracula. It stands out to me, you know. So yeah, technically, it was my number one too. Like I was like, one of those things where I'm like, oh, should I leave it off? But I'll, I can't, I can't. I have to, I have to, you know, do that, do that exact uh, same boring choice and go uh, Christopher Lee. He says so little. Like if you. So, you know, any of those other Draculas that we mentioned, probably even Zoltan, the Hound of Dracula, has more dialogue than Christopher <laughs> Lee does in, like, seven Hammer movies. Because they would come, they would give him the script, he would look at the script, and he'd be like, I am not saying this shit. <laughs> he just like, throw it away. So they just had to go, like, all right, I guess Dracula doesn't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> By the by, uh, the by, uh, House of Dracula is the John Carradine, uh, yeah, Dracula yeah, film, the, um, yeah, yeah. that I've actually never seen. Oh, but, yeah. uh, it's it's bad, but anyways, <laughs> no Billy the Kid in that one. No, no of course no not. dog no. Draculas, you know. <laughs> I would love if Billy the Kid showed up in like the old Universal. <laughs> Just like shoots the Wolfman. <laughs> <sighs> That's my new movie. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so yeah, Chris really is my number one uh, as well. Uh, Kelly, what is your number one? All right, so um, I, it's one of those things where it's like I can't really remove the fact that I saw this movie young, and so it kind of meant something. To me. But Gary Oldman um, uh, in the mm. Bram Stoker's Dracula, I just, okay, he's he's giving it his all. He's having fun, but also just the, the costume design that they give him and all the weird stuff that they have him do. It's just... It's one of those movies where you can't take your eyes off Dracula. He's just always, um, whether it be that bizarre red armor he wears at the start of the film, or um, or him old and you know gross. Uh, no, I, I just I, I love the I love that um, bizarre portrayal. Or him as like a weird bat thing. Yeah, or him as I love in like that. a weird werewolf, which I thought was like yeah. really cool. Um, you know, it's uh. You either buy into this performance or you don't. Uh, mm. and, and and Gary Oldman is playing it all super straight and super serious, and it's just whether or not you buy into that, I would say. 
Um, and uh, yeah, I, I quite like this performance as well. It's, it's a very good performance, like uh, undeniably. Sure. Yeah. It's just, yeah, he definitely sells it. <laughs> it's, it's so weird when he's playing opposite Keanu and he's like being this like over the top old like fucking weirdo. And Keanu's like, oh, like skipping the board. It's just crazy. Um, oh, Ted, we got ourselves in a little this time. I love Keanu, but he is so out of place in that movie, and you yes, can just he tell is. he's he worried about it. <laughs> I really love his performance when he's playing, like, the younger version of himself with those mutton chops with, like, Mina and stuff. Like, he's, mm-hmm. like, playing this character that's, like, very masculine, but is, like, about to burst at the seams at any moment with emotion. Like, he's sobbing, and he's, like, it's great. It's a, that's a very interesting um, performance. It's, like, almost, like... Ten performances in one. Yeah, in <laughs> yeah it, that movie's just all over the place. But yeah, you know. it's great. <laughs> of course, of course. And now we're getting into our top three Frankenstein's monsters. Um, now, um, again, I'm I, I do some weird wackadoo choices in this, so uh, just be warned. Um, but speaking of wackadoo, Jason, what's your number three? Well, I, I didn't take this as Frankenstein monsters. I took it as Frankenstein film, so maybe this is my bad. But I, I That's did, also fine. Um, I took the Terrence Fisher um, 1957 film, The Curse of Frankenstein, which I think is, uh, you know, uh, Peter Cushing as Victor Frankenstein. Um, you know, it's a good film. Oh, yeah. It's very, it's very striking, too. Like, it's got some, like, really striking colors in it. And yep. uh, I love, I like, I love how fucking evil for like dr frankenstein is in this you rarely see peter cushing play a piece of shit which is just it's it's amazing yeah Yeah. all all through all the all the sequels that he did all the frankenstein ones he's just it's like fucking american psycho made a monster you know (laughs) sort of thing yeah i mean you're, you're pretty right because it's like it's really kind of insane and like you know that's the only reason why he was grand marf tarkin in Star Wars A New Hope because every other Peter Cushing performance and every other time anyone talks to Peter Cushing in an interview in whatever, he's like, yes, hello, oh, how are your kids? What's what's the news like? Oh, you look great today. And he's like the most nice man. And then like in this one performance and this one string of performances, he's the most evil piece of shit. <laughs> and I I mean, and, and it makes sense because, I mean, I think Dr. Frankenstein's the villain of those of that story, oh, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, I prefer a film that makes him an evil piece of shit as opposed to Frankenstein. It's a monster, right? So mm-hmm. it just works. It's yeah, a great film. No. Yeah, no, I, uh, I 100% agree. Uh, Kelly, what is your uh, number three? Um, so... Unlike all the other ones, other categories, I always, where I was like, not sure how to fill this in. I feel like I know the Frankenstein stuff more than the other stuff, and so this was harder to narrow down. But okay, um, number three, I'm going to go with uh, The Bride of Frankenstein, um, Elsa Lanchester. Yeah, that's actually my number one. That's so, yeah, my number start. one as well. Hey! And what a good fucking movie. Yes. So it's well, it's so good. It's so good. I saw there was like that, that recent uh, reveal that the, the wig was actually red. Um, they have it in like uh, an old like behind the scenes like props and like the 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 hairpiece prop still exists and it was actually a red uh, hairpiece which is which is fascinating. 
Now, I mean, to be fair, it was still probably meant to be black on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times when they were filming black and white movies, there are certain colors that would show up more vibrantly, uh, and I'm pretty sure red was one of those, right? So some people were like, oh my god, we've been doing it wrong the whole time. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm pretty sure it was still meant to be like yeah. black hair with the, the white stripe. No, I just... refuse to believe this bit of trivia. Like, I will create a flat earth fucking website <laughs> to <laughs> concoct <laughs> theories as to why this is a lie. I refuse to believe it. Next Joe Rogan, Jason turns up and like, <laughs> Liberals are trying to cancel yes. the black hair. Yes, yes, I will not hear of it. No, <laughs> lies. A liberal agenda. And just like we are smoking the green. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> I've never listened to one of those terrible fucking podcasts. I'm just imagining. You pretty that. much summed it up. Yeah, yeah. I bet that podcast would probably have like Dr. Frankenstein on there and he'd be like, oh, you know, am I responsible for creating a thing that <laughs> killed millions of people? No, right. of course not. Right. Of course not. <laughs> I, I had fucking had Jordan Peterson sit down and teach it how to become a man. That's I, Jordan Peterson would be Dr. Frankenstein if he could. Let's be honest. He's not okay, fucking that's... smart enough. All yeah. he does is eat meat. <laughs> He is definitely going to resurrect a fucking lobster that terrorizes the guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, what a wild thing that we just uh, we went on. But, yeah, Elsa Lancaster, completely amazing. Sure, sure. One of the best sequels of all time. Yes. Oh, yes, of course, of course. Um, my number three is a little weird because my number three is David Prowse. Um, and David Prowse was the, the monster in the the horror of Frankenstein, which is a bad movie, and the monster does not look that great, but he's like he's like a weird like shirtless like he's like sexy Frankenstein like he's just walking around and like being like Rah, I'm super buff and you know got a weird head but that's about it. Um, but he was also played Frankenstein's monster in Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell, which is one of the weirdest. Before, like Frankenstein's monster because he looks like like an ape man mm. and he's got like these crazy like weird face and he can't really emote because the makeup is bad <laughs> but the the performance like this this performance by David Prowse was exactly mirrored in Darth Vader in the original mm. Star Wars so, I mean, I, like, I, this just I occurred think... to me but Darth Vader is basically a Frankenstein monster well yeah, yeah well that's why yeah. like that's why in uh you know in Revenge of the Sith he's literally just recreating scenes from Hammer horror films. And that's <laughs> that's pretty much. Yeah. And I think, like, I think one of the things that is, like, mi- the, one of the missing pieces for me in, in understanding what the original Star Wars trilogy was was actually watching Hammer Frankenstein movies because there was so much that, like, he just took from those movies. And it's, like, weird. Like, when you think about it, like, it's Samurai Frankenstein. That's who Darth Vader is. He's Samurai That's, Frankenstein. I'm never looking at it the same way again. That's absolutely correct. I, <laughs> somebody so needs weird. to make a Samurai Frankenstein film. Yeah, no. I want that now. <laughs> well, only if it's from an actual Japanese person. Space the last Samurai thing Frankenstein. Is, is Quentin Tarantino's okay. Samurai <laughs> Frankenstein. I do not need to see Frankenstein's feet, okay? <laughs> okay, so, um, whew, well... Uh, you know, Jason, what's your number two? Oh, uh, mine's the 1931 
OG Frankenstein. Boring, but, you know, classic. It's the OG, you know? And uh, Kelly, I believe that's your number one. It is, pretty much. I mean, Boris Karloff either was, was, was my number one, you know, whether you want to count that as the, yeah. the original or Bride of Frankenstein, you know, yeah. Um, or son. Or son. Oh, oh yeah. When he How when he has the weird out? vest, he's like has like a weird furry vest, and it's like very weird. Son of Frankenstein is a great movie, but the design, like I don't know what Boris Karloff is wearing in that movie. It's very weird. <clears throat> it's, uh, he's put on some pounds, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> go off, Jason. Go off. No, no, <laughs> no. I mean, I don't have um, I don't have anything else to say about it. I mean, it's it's a fucking great performance as Frankenstein. It's classic. It set the bar right. It mm-hmm. really, yeah. I mean, there's so like almost everything's already been said about that performance and that monster and those movies. And uh, yeah. but but yeah, absolutely deserves mention in the top three. I think. Yes, exactly. And Kelly, weirdly enough, you're gonna finish it off with your part two because all of our other number ones have been <laughs> right, revealed. Okay. Um, my, <laughs> my number two is Peter Boyle in Young Frankenstein. Oh, so, yes. Yeah. Um, so I just, <laughs> I think he's hilarious. I, I mean, okay, I don't, I don't particularly love Mel Brooks's comedy, but, uh, or his movies in general. But Young Frankenstein, I love. Um, and, uh, and th- th- there's just so much to like about this. And I, I, I mean, the, the whether it be the new scenes or those scenes that are kind of recreated from the uh, original Frankenstein, um, yeah, Boyle is just uh, always fun to watch in the film. Yeah, and it's 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 insane because again, that movie, it, Young Frankenstein is basically a comedy remake of Son of Frankenstein. It's very very insane because like the inspector is right out of Son of Frankenstein, like all like him arriving at the at the train station uh is right out of Son of Frankenstein and like it's uh it's very it's very interesting. So, um, you know, Son of Frankenstein is an important film and we all forget it. Um Maybe not Jason. Jason's giving me that look. Like, oh, uh, oh, you kids don't know Son of Frankenstein. <laughs> no, and and I love um this. I love the the scene where he's singing and dancing on stage. Yes. Yeah, so sitting good. on a ritz or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. Oh, and I, want... I lied. Um, I forgot to say my number two because. Uh, uh, oh, what is it? Uh, Frankenstein's dog. Frankenweenie? Is that what number two uh, is? No, I didn't put oh. Frankenweenie. We're not talking about fucking Tim Burton in this podcast. <laughs> we have to. Uh, <laughs> Edward Scissorhands, kind of a Frankenstein. No fucking way. I will not ever fucking watch Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just kidding, guys. Uh, if you're a fan of that and you like this podcast, of course, today I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew like sold comments. his soul within 20 yeah, seconds. Yeah, this podcast yeah, has existed for less than an hour, and he's already fucking sold himself. <laughs> like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> Hit that <laughs> notification bell. Smash um, it. My number two is uh, Koji Furuhata, who plays, I probably mispronounced that, to be honest with you, uh, who plays Frankenstein in the, the Toho film, Frankenstein Conquers the World. And I think this is like a really unique version of Frankenstein because I I just think that um, you know he manages to play it really really charming and really interesting when he is like just a normal sized and then when he becomes giant sized like he still has that same level of like empathy and stuff like that and it's a really like human performance and it really kind of popularized like the the human kaiju which i think was really Mm -hmm. kind of 
I think Ultraman took a lot from this, uh, like just being and just being able to see like the first like in in Toho, right? Because there there were other giant humanoids in like mm-hmm. American uh, 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 stuff, like you know Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman, War of the Colossal Giant Colossal Man, and all that stuff. But this was one of the first like Toho versions. And uh, yeah, I just think it's a it's a great movie, and I think it's a great performance, and I think it's kind of uh, underlooked. So, I, I uh, he almost made it onto my top three too. Um, I I really like this film, and and it's it's very strange, and uh, but yeah, he's a, a likable um, sort of monster hero in it. Jason, have you ever seen that one? I have not. I have not. So um, my Toho, um, you know, um, experience is somewhat limited. So um, I'd love to get in on that one you got a lot of learning to do boy (laughs) i went from being as old as fucking dracula to (laughs) being called boy on this podcast i don't appreciate it now we're going on to our uh to our next thing uh which is the top three villainous assistant performances and I didn't want to just kind of like limit it mm. to just like Igor and Renfield. Like if you had someone else that you wanted to put on, you're you're you know you're welcome to do so. Although I don't really think there may be too many things that are. Oh, I have one. Uh, okay, well, uh, it's your 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 choice up first. I, so, uh, what is your number three, Jason? I really struggled with this one. This is the one I um, this and the next one were the two hardest for me. But um, uh, this one. Tom Waits as Renfield and Bram yep, Stoker's Dracula. Yeah, yeah. Whoa! <laughs> talk about it. Oh, it's so good. It's such a great. Uh, first of all, Tom Waits, love the man. You know, mm-hmm. um, so you know that that creates a bias in itself. But the scene where he's like eating bugs in the plate in the yes. oh my god, so good. It's so fucking good. Um, and I just he's sort of to me. I know this is probably weird and probably sacrilege, but he's like Renfield to me. Like he's who I think of. When I think mm. of Renfield in his performance, so um, yeah, uh, it's weird. It's unhinged as Renfield should be. It's kind of gross, um, and he's got m- a marvelous beard in <laughs> yeah. here. So that's yeah. And then the um, the 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 costume they put him in, and then the and then like the um, the the guards going around with their fucking. Um, cages on their heads and oh everything. it's so weird it's it's so weird it's 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 kind of funny um yeah i i really like that performance and and again i like that movie a lot yeah my number three is paul Krempe from the curse of frankenstein and he's basically kind of playing like a fritz or an igor kind of role but this is robert urquhart the actor and he is kind of playing someone who's kind of on Frankenstein's equal, which I think is very interesting, uh, where he's like, this is one of the few times that, you know, Frankenstein is really working with somebody who he considers his equal and in many ways his teacher and their relationship and how they view the morality of, uh, you know, bringing people back to life uh, is really kind of like the the crux of the uh, of Curse of Frankenstein in a lot of ways. Uh, and, you know, I couldn't really go with the terrier from, you know, Zoltan, the Hound of Dragon. <laughs> I mean, but that is a, he's, that was a very good dog. I want to remake that film and make the, the dog a chihuahua. <laughs> I mean, that would just be accurate. You ever seen That'd be that? amazing. <laughs> I don't trust him. I don't trust him. 
Jason, what's your number two? Yeah, my number two is um, the non-Igor Renfield. Um, it's uh, James Mason as Richard Straker in 1979. Toby Hooper's 1979 Salem's Lot. Um, oh, yeah. No, yeah, you know what? That's, uh, yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty spot on. He's, yeah. really, he's really creepy. In that. He's creepy, has magical powers, which is weird for um, assistant... Um, and that film is one of the most underrated vampire films of all time. I think it's brought up a lot, but I think it's an incredible. I think it's one of the best vampire movies ever made. Um, it's so good. Did you ever see the sequel? Um, I had when I was younger, but I never returned to it because I thought it was trash when I saw it when I was younger. Uh, but maybe I've, it's great. I've never, I, I've never seen it, but I've owned it for years. So it's it is weird. <laughs> Right. Well, I'm going to return to Salem's Lot tonight when I watch Return <laughs> to Salem's Lot after this podcast. Um, Kelly, what is your uh, number two? Um, my number two is Dwight Fry, uh, who played Renfield in the original uh, Dracula opposite Bela Lugosi. Um, so good. So he, he, he's just, you know, just cackling and grinning and doing this bizarre laugh most of the movie. And it's, it, it's, it's kind of, I don't it's eerie, and I think he's honestly more uh, scary than uh, Dracula is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I Renfield is always kind of more terrifying than Dracula. I always feel like he's always like a really interesting character, especially when done right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dwight Fry is like one of the greatest actors for being weird. Like no one does it better. No one. Um, <laughs> my number two is another Renfield, but this is Tony Haygarth from. Uh, Dracula 1979 and this is like a weird version of Renfield because this is not like the up and coming like I was once respected and then I went down and went to Dracula and then I went off the deep end Um, but this one is just like he's just um, a very like sketchy dude and like nobody respects him from the get go Mm -hmm. everyone treats him like trash like everyone is like, you loser, you suck, you suck. <laughs> and then like I'm just like, oh man, I feel bad for this Renfield. And then like Dracula comes and Dracula's like, I respect you. And then he's kind of like, well, I'm kind of like scared of you. Um, yeah. I'm gonna run away. So he tries to like someone comes to the castle and then he like hops in their vehicle and is like, take me away, take me away from here. Um, and they do. And then Dracula comes to the comes around and murders him later but you know it's a it's like a renfield who everyone shits on but he actually is one of the better characters from like a morality standpoint yeah. because he's stuck like he has like a change of heart and he tries to help people and tries to warn people about it but everyone still treats him like crap so. <laughs> of course yeah i mean he's of course. renfield you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's a renfield <laughs> jason What's your number one, bro? I just realized I'm the Renfield of this podcast, but, you know, <laughs> it's fine. <clears throat> My number one, um, I feel like this is going to speak to uh, Kelly's heart. It's um, the great Marty Feldman as Igor in Young Frankenstein. <laughs> yes, I love that one. Yeah. Um, he is a comic force of nature in that film, <laughs> in my opinion. Like, he is incredible. He makes every moment... Even when it's the dumbest joke, he just delivers, and it is um, an incredible comedic performance, in my opinion. Yeah, and a great physical performance too. Oh, yes. what he does with his face. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's he's great. Um, my number one uh, is also from Young Frankenstein. I, I felt iffy about this pick, but Terry Gar as Inga. Um, yeah. You know, 
I think that she's I think she's hilarious in the film and uh, you know rolling the hay and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the 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 way that the the whole cast of that film, the way they just play off each other, you know, um, these minor characters that are that barely get much to do, you know, are some of the funniest uh, characters in the film. Yeah, that that, that is uh, that is very true. And Young I feel Frankenstein very bad. represented as number one. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, and then you got me. Uh, hi guys. Um, so. My number one is what I would argue one of the greatest performances of all time, Bell oh, Lugosi as Igor in Son of Frankenstein. It is so fucking good. Igor, by the way, Igor did not exist until this movie. Oh, really? Son of Frankenstein invented Igor, and Bell Lugosi invented Igor to give, by giving one of the greatest performances like of his career. Um, basically, at this point in Bell Lugosi's career, he was not getting paid well. Like, he was really kind of treated like garbage. Um, and the studio knew how desperate for money they were, so they offered him, like, really poor pay. And then what happened is the director of Son of Frankenstein saw that they were screwing him over and said, mm you know what? Now he's in this movie all the time. Because they, they gave him, like, a really terrible rate, but it was, like, they paid him for scene or whatever. And the director saw this, was super pissed that they were trying to fuck over Bela Lugosi, and got him a whole script rewrite that put him all over this movie. That is awesome. And and because of this, and, and Bela Lugosi was so thankful for this, he acted the fuck out of Igor. <laughs> and he really gave it his all. And he's like, this is like an Igor that has his neck snapped, and mm. like there's like a bone protruding from his neck, and he like goes around and he's like, they hanged me once. And he's like got like this really cool thing where he like kind of like bats his like he kind of like you can see the bone kind of protruding from his neck and he kind of taps it constantly. Like, yeah, yeah. Remember when I tried to hang me, you motherfuckers? I love and, it. Um, yeah. And his entire, uh, you know, his entire plan is to befriend the monster and have the monster murder all the people who fucked him over. And, you know. In reality, uh, Igor is the most relatable character in all of Frankenstein media. So, you know. <laughs> I was thinking mm-hmm. that. <laughs> <laughs> they canceled me once. <laughs> the dumbest of the dumb. Um, yeah, okay. So now we're going to top three other literary monster movies. Um, and you know what? Can't put Young Frankenstein on this one, guys. Can't put Young Frankenstein on this one, so I'm really curious as to happen, what's going to happen. Jason, what's going to happen here? What's your number three? Why couldn't you put Young Frankenstein on this? Because it's not an other literary monster movie. Oh, oh other than Frankenstein. Oh, yeah, yeah okay. other than Frankenstein um, and Dracula. <clears throat> you could tell I really um, knew what I was doing here. Um, <laughs> 1931's Jekyll and Hyde. Um, Frederick March is incredible in this movie, um, especially when he's portraying Hyde like as this like weird ape man. It's really pretty striking. It's a really good movie. Um, so yeah, that's my number three. Nice, nice. Kelly, what is your number three? My number three is uh, the new uh, the new in- Invisible Man with Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, so um, good. 
yeah. so good, so good. And you know, it's it's cool because you know, there's not a lot of uh, you know modern representation right. on our list no, so no, far. But, so uh, <laughs> this is really good. No, it's uh, it's a great film. You know, Moss is just bringing it, and um, you know, it's kind of a, a, a an appropriate. Uh, uh, a good uh, horror film for the moment that we kind of find ourselves in uh, culturally, and uh, no, it's it's I really I really think very highly of that film. That's, yeah, no, for sure. That scene in the restaurant is one of the few times yes. I've ever stood up and screamed at my television while watching. <laughs> wow, well, was... uh, I, I do that all the time. So, oh well, yeah. Uh, we, we live uh, we live different. <laughs> yes. I'm like, get him, Hound of Dracula, get him, <laughs> Zoltan, you got him, get that motherfucker. <laughs> Um, but I'm, uh, we're, we're different people, obviously. Yeah. My number three <laughs> is Claude <laughs> Rains and the 1943 Phantom of the Opera. So this is probably the Phantom of the Opera that no one really talks about because it's that weird one that's like in between the most famous one and then the musical version mm-hmm. and all the other ones. Um, but I I love Claude Rains as the Phantom of the Opera. I have like, uh, Claude Rains as well, but in a different film. That you might have mentioned. Oh, oh, I think we all have that one. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I love the the 1943 Phantom of the Opera, uh, and no one else does. So uh, I'm alone. <laughs> I like it uh, fine. Yay! <laughs> fine. Yes, <laughs> I am <have> vindicated. <laughs> Jason, what's your number two? My number two um, is the 1974 camp classic, Brian De Palma's Phantom of the Paradise. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Ooh. Have you guys ever seen this film? Yeah, oh, yeah. Of course oh, yeah. I have. Um, I have it on a different part of this. Oh, you do? Um, yep. <laughs> oh, wait. Um, no, I don't because it doesn't actually fit with my other one. Okay, whoops. Anyways, continue. I think this is a great one for this podcast because it references multiple. You know, we have Faust on here. We have Mm -hmm. the picture of Dorian Gray um, referenced as well. Um, And there's just some great performances in this movie. I love the way, you know, Brian De Palma has got some problems. Um, But uh, (laughs) um, this film, though, I just it just touches my heart. I love it. I love the music. I love the performances. I love that fucking weird voice box that he has on his Mm -hmm. chest and he's speaking like electronically. Um, I love, you know, I love almost all of the performances in this film. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I could talk about it for days. If I nice. could have found a category to put the character Beef into, I would. Oh, so <laughs> Beef is so good. <laughs> Garrett Graham, Bud the Chud himself, um, is just great. Great. Mm-hmm. You know, and Paul Williams is like this weird small man, um, yeah. is just oh, phenomenal. Yep. And I've decided this is my number one now. I've changed. <laughs> so this, is, this is my number one, and uh, I agree with you. Because <laughs> um, I have to fit it on here, and I couldn't put it on the place that I originally had it. So Hot take. Fan the Paradise. Um, better than the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Agreed, agreed, agreed. I also agree. Whoa. So it's not a hot take, dude. Oh, it's well, I thought it was. Hot I guess, you know. Yeah. G- good on you for your normal take. <laughs> my hey, look Kelly. <laughs> I'm just I'm kidding, Jason. I'm no, it's uh, fair. Jason is what? just speak, speaking, um, so now it's not his turn anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest segue in podcast <laughs> history you just experienced. Kelly, what is your number two? <sighs> okay. Um, 
my number two is the Claude Rains Invincible Invisible Man. Um, yeah, uh, the the original oh, Invisible Man so with Claude Rains. Uh, he is so. just so fucking insane in that movie, and it's so fun to watch. And uh, yeah, uh, I think that he's just. Uh, I think it's kind of a hilarious film, and it's really probably one of my favorites from the original um, Universal Monsters line. It's probably my favorite, actually. Yeah. Me too. It's my number one. I love this fucking movie. And it was my number one until I replaced Phantom of the Paradise with it. <laughs> uh, you know, this is a very, uh, you know, objective list, right? So, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we talked about revisiting this list, um, like, two years later. We you're, you're revisiting it an hour later. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um, so my number two is, is, it, is it my Invisible Man film? And um, that's Invisible Man versus the Human Fly. Ooh. Now, this is a movie which I've only seen on Japanese Laserdisc. It's now out subtitled, but I've never seen it subtitled. I've only ever seen the Japanese Laserdisc, and I didn't understand shit. <laughs> um, it's, it's absolutely insane. Um, a lot of stuff happens in it, and I don't know what that stuff is, but I was very compelled by it. And the human fly is like a weird miniature man, and he fights a invisible man. So you know, that's ten out of ten movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just got this on Blu-ray, and I haven't seen it yet. It's it's crazy. Well, maybe it's not if you've seen it in subtitles. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. So you know, Jason. Um. We have. Um, Already got your number one, haven't we? Mm-hmm. So, Kelly, what is y'all a number one? All right, so um, this felt like a little bit of a stretch, but um, number one, I went with uh, the 1982 The Thing. You know, it's based off a short story. It's a literary Ooh, monster. Love well, it. Yeah, and it was adapted <laughs> twice. So right, it fits. Yeah, the because, thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I much prefer the John Carpenter film over the uh, Howard Hawks film. That was who it was, Hawks, right? Yep. Um, and, um, you know, I, I much prefer the, the body horror one, which was really a lot closer to the um, to the original short story. But, uh, yeah, that's one of my favorite films of all time, probably. And so, uh, yeah, that had to be number one here. Yeah, of course. It's, it's an amazing film. And now it's my number one to three. So, uh... <laughs> Phantom of the Hua Dice, uh, you know. We are good at this. <laughs> we are professionals. Don't try this at home. Mm-hmm. Don't try this at home. We are professional. We're like the person. We are all the people. Well, no, I'm the person that Dr. Frankenstein sends out to get him his brain, and I fuck up. I'm like, did you, did you want Joltan, Hound of Dracula brain? And he's like, no, you idiot. a human brain. And I'm like, you mean the human fly brain? And he's like, no, that is so small. I cannot fit it in my monster. Ah. <sighs> Anyways, I'm a moron. And now we're on to our top three unofficial Draculas and Frankensteins. Jason, what is your number three? Yeah, I mean, this is a really hard one, too, because basically you've just opened it up to every vampire movie. You know yeah, what I mean? Pretty, pretty much. Um, so my number three is uh, Chris Sarandon as Jerry Dandridge in 1985's Fright Night. Um, That's my number one, and I can't believe you're putting it so low. Uh, well, I mean, I got some good ones, so you know what I mean? Uh, but this is, an, I, I mean, I could put this as number one. It's an incredible performance. Um, what I love about Jerry the Vampire is how fucking petty he is. Like, he 
literally, <laughs> he literally, you know, on the way out of the window, destroys his car, Charlie's car. He is, he's just the, for being a beast, a timeless beast, he is petty. And that's basically the whole premise of the movie. So, um, and, and it's a great comedic and threatening performance, which I think is really hard to do. Um, and he nails it. And he looks fantastic in a cable knit sweater. So he's number three That's for true. me. And he, he eats a mean, mean apple. <laughs> he sure does. He does. <laughs> this is me on dates. Yeah, you know, you know who eats a real good apple? <laughs> Jerry Dandridge from Fright Night. Wait, where, where are you going? Every time I eat an apple, I'm thinking of Chris Sorin. (laughs) Are you you going to grab me an apple? I've crafted all my apple eating techniques from Fright Night. (laughs) Kelly, what is your uh, number three? My number three is Lucky McKee's uh, May, which is sort of a Frankenstein sort of thing where, you know, a really lonely young woman uh, who's pretty weird. Um decides to make some friends uh you know with by stitching some people together it's it's different um yeah it's great i love it I love it's a it great so movie much, yeah so much. yeah it's a good one it's now my th- one to three <laughs> <laughs> so easily influenced <laughs> no 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 uh but yeah no this is like a like a really amazing performance too that's angela bettis right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah she's also really great as carrie which is kind of like an interesting uh, performance to watch them um, together because they're kind of similar characters, but they're also not. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of subtle, subtle differences. <laughs> Where are you going? Where are you going? <laughs> I'm just saying. Two good performances. Uh, my uh, number three is Kurt Barlow. From the book, from Salem's Lot, the book. Because he is much more like a a commonplace Dracula in the book. Um, And and is much more like, kind of like, very imposing and very threatening. At one point, he like, like pretty much explodes two person's heads by like slamming them against each other. And like the kid sees it and he's like, whoa, there was mom and dad. (laughs) They've They've been crushed by... Uh, Kurt Barlow so you know he's scary he's sexy he's traditional vampire but his name is Kurt so you know it's different Uh, Jason what's your number two my number two um, is definitely outside the realm of the the typical uh, restraints of this podcast but there's comics that came after the movie so I'm counting it all right it's Peter Weller in 1987's Robocop because he's a Frankenstein Mm. monster Mm, yeah, no, I, I see it. I yeah, see it. No, I get it, yeah. And it's an incredible movie, um, especially for our times, because fuck the police, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, police sleep. Uh, the famous, famous line from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and he shoots that dude in the dick, you know? Number two. <laughs> oh, Kelly, what's your number two? My number two is Bride of Reanimator. Oh, nice. Um, I actually like this one more than the first film, but uh, it's less rapey um, and a little bit more oh, fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, that much is for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that much is for sure. <laughs> you know, Jeffrey Combs is just having so much fun in the movie, and I, th- I think, you know, it's his best work, uh, the character is anyway. And um, 
you know, I, I just, I just, I, this, I revisit this one a whole lot more than the, the first one. And I don't know if I've ever revisited the third one. Um, <laughs> we don't talk about the third one. Yeah, we, yeah, I like, I like number one and number two, but we never talk about number three in any trilogy. We never do it. Um, but, uh, you know, no, I really like Rider the Anime. Yeah, no, for sure. And there's, like, a lot more going on in that movie. Like, I think there's, like, a really interesting, like, queer reading to that. I mean, obviously, if you're kind of doing a knockoff of Bride of Frankenstein, one of the gayest movies of all time. But, uh, you know, I think there really is, even in even in that, uh, I think there is an interesting mm-hmm. reading. My number two is Jason motherfucking Voorhees. Uh, also just named Jason Voorhees. There's no, oh. his middle name is not motherfucking <laughs> Clear. I was about to give uh, major props to Mrs. Voorhees, Pamela. Mrs. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I want my son to be cool. He's <laughs> in the hospital. What's your son's name, Jason? Motherfucking Voorhees. <laughs> <laughs> Put it down on the paper. Uh, yeah, but this is particularly in part six. Because this is uh, Jason lives, and Jason gets revived uh, with a bolt of lightning um, and he becomes comes back to life. He's all zombified. Um, and he's at one point he's like holding like a fence post. And mm-hmm. the way it's lit and the way he's shot looks exactly like one of the Hammer Frankenstein movies, The Evil of Frankenstein. And I'm pretty sure it was a reference. So therefore, uh, it works. There's also a, a convenience store, and it's Karloff's convenience store. So you know, people are thinking <laughs> of Frankenstein and convenience stores. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My, um, my favorite of the series, definitely. Oh, yeah, I, well, I love it. I love it. Um, Jason, is it your favorite of the series, or are you wrong? Oh, man, that's so tough. Um, but it is a really great entry in that series. Like, I'd have to do some thinking. Um, I, as you know, people who have listened to me, other podcasts would know, uh, love Friday the 13th series. So, um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think it may be my favorite. It's a really mm-hmm. great film. Nice, nice. Speaking of your favorites, what's your number one? Yeah, my uh, number one is Lena Lee Anderson as Ellie in 2004's Let the Right One In. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite vampire films of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, she's incredible in that movie. And if you haven't seen that movie, go watch it. It's phenomenal. I agree. Absolutely. Kelly, what is your number one? Um... We we mentioned this film earlier. I uh, or I did, I think. Um, but Shadow of the Vampire. Um, mm. You know, I I like the Nosferatu uh, the, the film, and um, I felt like this was sort of an interesting, um, you know, film within a film fantasy version of what happened, where the vampire, the the actor they found to play the the vampire was an actual vampire that was killing people on the set. That's just fun, and uh, Willem Dafoe is just great in it. I have for years try to track this movie down it's not streaming anywhere and like the dvd is pretty expensive i really mm-hmm. want to see this movie it's really good i'm so sad i need mm-hmm. to find it i need oh. to find this movie it sounds pretty good and you're um, right it's really hard to find for some reason like if i hadn't seen it when it first came out i probably never would have seen it what if it was hidden because it was true i mean i, <laughs> <That's right>. I <laughs> mean i, I believe I willem defoe's a vampire yeah, I knew someone who was a scholar for the um, the, the director of uh, the original film, uh, Murnau, Murnau um, 
and who was pissed at this movie because they thought that it was suggesting that it was real and it was uh you know hurting the reputation of this famous silent film director and i'm like what dude it's a movie about an actual vampire let it go uh, whatever you know. <laughs> that's what a guy who is actually a vampire would say to make more of a mm. plus he's a vampire mm. the, yeah that guy he's a vampire do you think like um, Max Shrek's like fucking family was like pissed when this movie came out yeah, like I I wonder, yeah. they, they were probably more angry about Shrek but that's just <laughs> <laughs> everyone thinks that Max Shrek was actually an ogre now and I hate it with a fucking <laughs> Scottish accent get <laughs> All star? Are you kidding me? <laughs> he hates Smash Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my number one is Jerry Dandridge. We've already talked about Yeah. And now, you know, we're doing our final one. We're kind of getting a little loosey and a little goosey. Uh, and if Loose was meeting Goose, it would be a monster mash because we're doing the top three monster mashes. How how what was how was that, Jason? Anything that was <laughs> <laughs> it was loose and goose. Um, and this in this in my list definitely is. You know, um, I really stretched this one a little bit, probably. But number three is my favorite favorite comic book movie of all time, Guillermo del Toro's 2008 Hellboy Two in the Golden Army. Ooh. Hey, I mean, technically there were oh god, there's a lot of monsters. You know? No, no, I mean, technically there were two adaptations, so it counts, although we dev never want to talk about the David Harbour one. <laughs> well, I also broke that one, too, so um, when we get to number two, there's definitely not two um, adaptations, but, you know, whatever. I'm breaking the that's rules. That's okay. No, that's okay. I'm just, I, was, I was saying it extra counts, you know? Yeah. Extra counts. I, I love that movie. So I always good. feel... I always feel bad for the one guy who has the rope, like who has the like shooty hand, and then he gets it caught, and then he gets crushed in the thing, and I feel bad for yeah. him. Yeah. Someone should have helped him, you know? Probably. <laughs> well, I mean, I know. You know, Hellboy was like, hey, dude, stop doing this. Stop throwing it at me. And then, you know, he did. And then he got, you know, yeah. eaten by a mulcher, but, you know. Yep. Rest in peace, throwy hand man. The scene Rest with um, death in the tent is just absolutely oh, incredible effects. Yeah. It's so fucking cool. This movie's just cool as shit. You Best know? use of Barry Manilow on film for sure. Um, of course, that's all. You know, that's the that is the apex of cinema. Like them mm -hmm. just like drunkenly singing Barry Lynn Manilow, and mm -hmm. I don't mean that. I don't mean that as a joke. Like I genuinely think it's one of the greatest things that ever happened. Um, Kelly, what is your number three? Okay, I found this category very difficult, um, which I don't know why. But anyway, number three is Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Um, Abbott and Costello, definitely monsters, you know? Fair, fair. I don't know about that Abbott, though. Oh, no, the cat's... <laughs> oh, I, okay. I think that that was a monster mash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was Andrew, Andrew versus got monsters. By a cat. Um, and, and I think we're done. <laughs> um. Okay. Um. Did we lose him? No, uh, you didn't lose him. I was trying oh, okay. to throw a cat off. <laughs> <laughs> that was a monster mash. <laughs> that was a monster mash. It was a mash. Uh, and this is almost like that time in Carrie 
when um, you know Stephen King had no idea what teenage women uh, thought was sexy. Mm. So he at one point in the book describes someone as having the sex appeal of Boris Bobby Pickett, uh, and it's the funniest thing in the world. Um, <laughs> what anyways. does Boris Bobby Pickett look like? I mean, he's, he doesn't look like unsexy, but the man sang the monster mash. So like... <laughs> 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 um, yeah, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. It's, it's a great film. Yeah, it's yeah. very funny. It's very funny. Um, it's cool to and, see all you know, the monsters they... back and everything. You got Bella, yeah. you got Lon Chaney Jr. Yeah, exactly. And then I think I think that's Glenn Strange as the monster at that point. I believe so. Uh, it's um, not Boris, anyway. No, no, of course not. Boris is like, hey, I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, Bella was like, oh, yes, yes, yes. Please, <laughs> please, please. <laughs> Uh, and one of his best performances is Dracula, actually. Like, he, he really does uh, do a really good performance as yeah, Dracula. Yeah, he's a lot of fun in that. My number three. Okay, guys, don't don't boo. Don't throw pitchforks at me. Uh, it's the Van, Hel- Van Helsing, the 2004 what? Van Helsing movie. I fucking love this movie. I love this movie so much. Holy um, shit. I should have been my number one. I'm not going to lie. I love this movie. Um, You've been canceled. <laughs> I deserve it. Um, but you know, I you know, I love uh, love how goofy this movie is. I love how the effects do not hold up in any stretch of imagination. I love the performance of Dracula. Uh, he's got like this really cool like way about him. Um, I like the fact that um, you know. He, Van Helsing becomes a werewolf and then he fights Dracula and Dracula's a big bat and they're like attacking each other. It's pretty cool. So that's my, that's my number three, Van Helsing. I love it. It's a great. <laughs> I do too. It's a great movie. Look, even my no, cat it does not. No, it does not. My but cat, I, I love it's that you great. Chose it. It's great. But my cat even snuck under the covers in my amazing professional studio booth, uh, and he just gave me a look like, really, Van Helsing. <laughs> That's, that's, that's why your cat proactively attacked you. <laughs> yeah, he knew. He knew, he knew it was going to happen. Put an end to this before he embarrasses himself. <laughs> uh, number two. Okay. <laughs> My number two is I'm breaking all the rules with this one. I don't care. You know what I mean? Put me in spooky prison or whatever you do, you know? Number two is uh, 2010's Troll sorry, you're Hunter. you're going to go to actual prison? Um, uh, pretty, it's pretty rough. Actual prison is pretty rough. What? Yeah. No, no, no. This is what? Fine. I mean, you have the gall to select <laughs> Van Helsing and then judge me for Troll Hunter, which is an incredible is. Do film. Know a Very funny. I've never it's, seen it. What? Oh, it's so good. It's really good. Um, it's it's yeah. just fun. It's super fun. Um, it, you know, it it doesn't come from the pages unless you know troll. You just you know your D and D monster manual, I guess, because there's trolls. You know. Um, but you know, uh, but these are different trolls. These are basically giants and, um, there's different giants. They go into like the, the history of the different types of, um, trolls and it's just fun. It's one of the, it's one of my favorite 2000s horror comedies. I mean, um, if you, um, you know, if you printed out a bunch of the internet, you would have a lot of written accounts of trolls. So (laughs) (laughs) troll hunters and, uh, yeah, so it would count. It would count. Um, you know, speaking of one who hunts trolls, <laughs> Kelly, 
I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to blow up your spot. I didn't mean to tell everyone that you like secretly hunted <laughs> trolls. Uh, but. Yeah, the secrets out. Um, you don't tell anyone. Um, the scourge of Reddit. <laughs> Uh, watch these Wall Street bets, and it's just like a stage <laughs> or whatever. <Gah! laughs> um, number two, uh, Monster Squad. Um, I think mm. it's a lot of fun seeing all those monsters together. I think it's uh, you know, it's the best I've ever seen the creature of the Bla- from the Black Lagoon, for that matter. Um, he should have been in the movie more. Um, and he shouldn't have and, got uh, taken out by a shotgun because the yeah. gill man he could take a, a tank blast. Okay. <laughs> but it's one of those sort of movies where it's like you know this was like probably made for a young audience and then also made with the intention of this is going to make your parents pissed and you they will not like you watching this and that's what's great about it that is true yeah dracula throws a grenade in that movie Sad. it's fucking great it's a great dracula actually it's a really good it dracula is. there's really good monster effects it is yeah. it is don't i don't i don't like the slurs in it those aren't great, but, you know. Oh, um, it's been a <laughs> while, great. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah. they, they drop the F-bomb. They drop it. Oh, yeah. They drop it. Uh... Okay, then. Yeah, not no, that I, F-bomb. I, I, I <laughs> yeah, that yeah Jason, I think we all got it. Okay, you go watch our fucking diagram. <laughs> I, I, for the listeners, okay, you know. I'm going to reevaluate number two. <laughs> I'm, but, sorry, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, but also... um. I do not stand by my own message. It is it is a very fun movie. It's just <laughs> it has a lot of 1980s language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fate of the Paradise is drops it? an F-bomb too, yeah. by the way. Oh. So, yeah. And yeah. it's not friendship? Yeah. But it's the villain. <laughs> oh. No. No. Mm. No. But it's the villain, so and yeah. he's supposed to be bad, you know? But it's Brian De Palma, yes, and he's he also bad, so it's hard to say. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My number two <laughs> I agree. is House of Frankenstein. This is the first, like, true blue monster mash of the Universal era, and uh, it still holds up. I mean, you got Boris Karloff leading the leading the charge, and it is really kind of a collection of very random cameos from some monsters. Like, Dracula shows up, and then he gets killed because he fucks up at a chariot race. And, uh, well, he's not, I mean, he's chasing somebody, but, like, his chariot falls over, and he then he just dies in the sunlight. And it just is, like, a totally random part of the movie. They, like, they come and they kind of try to kidnap this, like, fair, and then the fair has Dracula's skeleton, and they take him out, and then he dies, like, ten minutes later. Um, but everyone else is, like, really on top top of their game. And, you know, I think it's always fun to see, like, the Wolfman and, uh, and Dracula kind of, uh, you know, go at it, uh, like, when they met in Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Who would have guessed? Uh, but this is actually a pretty straight sequel to that as well. Um, and it's just a lot of fun. It's just a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's not perfect, but it's only an hour and ten minutes, and you could watch, you could watch oh, it wow. four times in the span of one Zack Snyder movie, so... <laughs> Oh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Where are you going? Wait, you know. I'm just talking about movies. I'm just opening the date up with other movies we could watch instead of Zack Snyder. I'm going to gauge times purely by how many, how long fucking Zack Snyder's Justice League is from now on. 
How long is it going to get us to drive across the country? About 10 Zack Snyder's Bob, Justice League. You, you want me to come in for a two Zack Snyder shift? I don't fucking think so. I better get Zack Snyder time in a half, okay? Two Zack Snyder's Justice Leagues and an Irishman? I think not. Oh my god, you never leave. Uh, <laughs> speaking of never leaving, Jason, what's your number one? My number one features the two most disgusting monsters in history. It's Joe Bob Briggs meets Eli Roth. No, I'm just joking. It's uh, <laughs> fuck both of those people. <laughs> I would love to see. I would love to see a um, movie where Frankenstein just fucks them both up. Like, he just shows up and just, like, <laughs> shows up on the set, throws Joe Bob out a window, and then just, like, punches the head off of Eli Rob. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm for it. Yeah. I'm for mm-hmm. it. Um, sorry about that. My number one, um, I started saying I, I don't know much about Toho, but my number one is a Toho film. It's uh, Ghidorah, oh, the 300 well, Monster. I don't think any of them are literary monsters, so, Okay. There's comic books, I mean, okay? It's true. It's true. Leave there's me alone. Comic books, there's manga adaptations. Um, some of those may have come right. out before the movie, so uh, sure. Probably. Probably. I have no idea. But, oh, you great. know, it's I a great it. monster it's match. It's a lot of fun. It's, yeah, it's a ton of fun. Um, yeah, and, you, you know, that's why I picked with, it. Uh, King of the Monsters. We got this little juice. Not gonna, not going with that one. I mean... It's no Van Helsing, but it's pretty good. Oh, well, I'm never going to live that one down. No. Uh, no. What's your number one, League of Extraordinary <laughs> no, Gentlemen? shut up. <laughs> Kelly, actually, I think mine is technically worse than all the other things. It's my, my number one is actually a terrible movie, but it's fine. Uh, Kelly, what's your number one? Um, following the Toho stuff, uh, Frankenstein Conquers the World. Yeah, um, we talked about this earlier. Nice. Yep, that one. I mean, Frankenstein fights uh, Baragon, this cute puppy monster that comes up from out of the ground, and, you know, it's it's great. It's a great movie. It's literary, you know, horror classic remake, whatever the fuck. I don't know. It's good. We're professionals. We're professionals, guys. Um, <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Uh, it is an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, my number one. <laughs> My number one is 1965's Frankenstein Meets the Space Monster. What? And 90% of this movie is like doo-wop. Uh, and then like 20, 25% of this movie is um, like a man in terrible Martian makeup sitting behind, beside a, a, a lady dressed kind of like a belly dancer, but she's supposed to be the queen of of the Martians. And they like kind of like come out and they're like, we must take over the earth, women. We need breeding stock. So it's like one of those movies. Uh, yeah. yeah. So they, they send oh all these things God. out to kind of like go and, you know, steal women because, you know, it's, it's, it's the 50s is what they do. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in order to stop it, they need someone to really stop it. So they need Frankenstein. Uh, and Frankenstein just happens to be an astronaut in this movie. Um, yeah, he's made it to an astronaut by one of the leads from, um, uh, oh, uh, oh my god, what's that other, it's the thing, it's the, the movie with the zombies, um, Return of the Living Dead. Return no, of the there's Living only one Dead. of those. The, one of the leads, uh, James Karen from Return of the Living Dead, shows up, uh, he has made, like, the perfect astronaut, which is just a Frankenstein monster, um, <laughs> 
Because he doesn't well, need a helmet because so he's he dead? Is that the idea? It, it's really disconnected at first. Because it starts out, and this movie starts out, and I swear to God, it's a David Lynch movie. Because, like, they'll ask, the, so, like, he, like, Frankenstein's monster shows up at a press conference. Um, because he's, at this time, he's, like, not Frankenstein's monster He's just, like, a normal-looking human. Uh, this is before the accident that happens a little bit later in the film. So he, like, shows up at the podium, and they ask him a question, and he just smiles at them. And then they ask him more questions, and it just cuts back to the still image of this character smiling. And it's supposed to, it's supposed to be <laughs> happening in real time, so it's supposed to be like, oh, this person is frozen. But it's clearly just a still image, and it keeps cutting back. And then, like, all of a sudden the scientists go, oh, he's not ready for interviews. we got to cut this off and get this guy into a spaceship. Come on, come on, come on. Uh, so then he goes up in all this stock footage, uh, and he's he's in this stock footage, and he's flying through the air, and then his uh, his spaceship gets exploded, and then he comes down, and now he's got like half of his face is all like burnt up, and he's like supposed to be way super Frankenstein-y now, um, mm-hmm. and then he just starts murdering random people on beaches and stuff, and then they go, oh shit, we need him to be the hero of this movie, so we need to find <laughs> a way to have him fight the aliens. So he, like, shows up. There's a whole bunch of doo-wops, and it's just, like, uh, a bunch of, like, stuff where it's just, like, look at me holding my girl, and we're hanging out on the Segway. Uh, And then Frankenstein shows up um, because he likes one of the girls, because one of the girls who helps make him. And then, you know, she gets him to fight the Martians, and then the Martians release a space monster, and the space monster shows up for about five minutes. And that's um, excuse me, sir. Your your date is like four hours ago. One's Zack Snyder again. <laughs> only an hour and fifteen minutes. But if I were to explain it as a date, it would be a full Zack Snyder. Can you please just pay your bill? Again? We closed two Zack. <laughs> we closed four Zack Snyders ago. Oh God, it's uh. It's a classic. It's no Zoltan, right? Well, no, of course. There's no Dracula dogs, <laughs> but uh, there is uh, an amazing, uh, amazing uh, interference and stuff with it. So, you know, okay. it's a classic. It's a classic. I, I'm i sure. I, I, I trust your judgment. <laughs> I'm sure we'll find no, out. No, no, no. <laughs> well, Dracula once <laughs> went to space in Dracula 3000. Uh, which is not actually a sequel to Dracula mm-hmm. 2000. It's an unconnected movie called Dracula 3000. <laughs> I am so happy you're Sweet. here to tell us this stuff. <laughs> uh, well, that is uh, that is our top uh, top threes. And as you can see, uh, we have two very distinguished people with very good tastes. And then me. Um, I'm here as well. <laughs> Uh, and uh, yeah any last words Jason <laughs> any last words before I watch uh, Dracula in space um, no no I mean I'm just I'm here for it you know I, I'm looking forward to absorb as much as I possibly can um, you know and uh, let's see where this journey <laughs> takes us you know yeah absolutely same here yeah yeah, so of course. Uh, yeah. Um, so basically this podcast will be once a month and uh, probably we'll do a kind of a double feature of two like-minded works. Um, so you'll have to tune in next time to figure out what we're covering. And this is not because I haven't set it up yet. It's totally, it's totally more <laughs> mystique and the people's too. Wait, where are you going? Where are you going? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> we are going to give you no warning as to what we're watching next, so you can watch it. Uh, you, know. Uh, you know, if you're interested, you can always follow me on Twitter at, at @winemovienerd, where I won't tell you. Uh, Jason, where can we find you on the internet? Oh, uh, at my Twitter, um, Bad Attitude eighty six. Um, I also have a couple of my own shows. Um, uh, Moments of Madness, where I talk about social issues through very special episodes of television. Um, where I'm working on a season two coming soon. Um, and um, Generation Intonation, where my daughter and I talk about music from the years that we were freshmen in high school, which is this year for her. Um, and you know, 1993 for me. So, because I'm very, very old, as mm. been established um, by this podcast. So, Kelly, yeah, where can it. we find you on the interwebs? You can find me on Twitter at oh, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at ohelkel, and um, you can find some of my books on uh, online booksellers. Uh, search for Kelly Warner. Perfect, perfect, and you should. They're great books, and we'll find mm. a way to adapt them, even if it's just me and my cats. I'll, I'll make an adaption of it so we can cover them on this podcast. Um, uh, oh, okay, I, I can't believe <laughs> <laughs> It's just me and the cats, and I'll be like, hey, I'm a cat, and I just want to just... say that Helsing was underrated. Damn, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Also, if you want to email us, you can email us at milkshakesandmimosas at gmail.com. I also do other podcasts, but I never plug them on the ends of my own podcast because I'm bad at my job. Thank you. And have a great day. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.